0: Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world. This story was produced on the land of the Walbunja people of the UN Nation, supported by Radio 3CR on Wurundjeri country in Melbourne, and broadcast across this continent via the Community Radio Network. Hello. I'm the show host, Beck Horridge. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging.
1: I think a vote for yes is a vote for hope and opportunity, whereas a vote for no just gives me more of the same. So, do you want to be in the tent, or do you want to be outside the tent, throwing rocks at it? The choice is yours. I'd rather be in the tent and change the system from the inside.
0: That's today's guest. While Bunja Elder, Uncle Bunja Smith, he wants to see a permanent voice to Parliament so we might be able to close the gap. I spoke to him from the edge of the Bundu, the Clyde River in Batemans Bay, New South Wales. And later in the show... Jambi Band will be playing new music for the UN nation and us all. Darren Ricks' vocals echo the UN landscape. Here we are in In country with Uncle Bunja Smith. Jamaka Bumbalaga. Jamaka Bumbalaga. And we're looking over Bundu, which is the Clyde River. It's actually known as one of the least polluted waterways of any major river in Australia. Welcome to Earth Matters, Uncle Bunja Smith. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much, Rebecca. And yes, the Bundu, while it is recognised as one of the, the least polluted rivers, I notice it change. The cycle of life was affected in the bushfires the bushfires actually cleared a lot of land at the, the top of the river. And then following the bushfires, we had heavy rain and all that soil had to go somewhere. So it washed down the river. It affected the oysters. It affected the, the fish. I hadn't seen any porpoises or dolphins in the bundu for quite a while since the bushfires. And it was only approximately two weeks ago that I saw dolphins swimming at Casey's Beach. So I can say from that that life is returning, but it was heavily affected by the bushfires and the following
0: rains. Uncle Bunya Smith has a lifetime of experience uh, working with Aboriginal people in the whole community, and he's been speaking around you in country, the South Coast area, asking people to become informed, at least about what The Voice is. Let's dive in, Uncle, and could you just tell me a bit about The Voice? The history is that
1: since the Gough Whitlam government, we have had a voice to Parliament in the form of an advisory body, in one way, shape, or form. And the issue with that is that every time we had a change of government, we have a change of advisory. It started with the NACC, the National Aboriginal Consultative Committee, under Gough Whitlam. And then when Malcolm Fraser took over, he changed it and it became the NAC, the National Aboriginal Congress. And then the NAC, under the Hawke government, was abolished. And a couple of years later, Hawke established ATSIC. So it appears that every time we get a, a change of government, as I said, We get a change of advisory. And Aboriginal people are getting tired of this because it's not working, probably because of one reason is that they throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think advisories are good and necessary, Um, but when you continually change it for your own benefit, not the people's benefit, then it's derogatory. It doesn't work for us. Now, what's happened is in and around 2016, 2017, there was a movement from the people around the Redfern Statement and there was also movement from government wondering or questioning how can we get Aboriginal people into the Constitution? And if you remember, John Howard wanted to put us in the preamble. So going way back to then, there has been discussions around putting Aboriginal people in the Constitution. And what does it look like? How will we do it? And a group of 250 Aboriginal leaders at the time were gathered, paid for by the government, to go to Uluru and have a constitutional convention. That's what they were there for. They were there to discuss how to get Aboriginal people into the Constitution. Now, whenever you get uh, a large crowd of anybody together, it's very hard to get consensus, you know, because everyone is going to be uh, a different opinion. Some are like blue, some are like green, some are like yellow. You know, and, and that's what makes us rich is that we have all these different opinions, ideas, and it's how to work together. So after gathering for quite a few days and discussing quite a lot of things, including treaty, they came up with a one-page document called the Uluru Statement. And that's where it was born from, from a constitutional convention at Uluru in 2017. And it was given, presented as a gift for all of Australia. It suggested uh, three things it called for truth telling, it called for Makarata and it also called for a voice to parliament enshrined in the constitution. So I wasn't amongst them, and a lot of people weren't. There was only 250 representatives of Aboriginal people from all around Australia. So that's a reasonable representation of Aboriginal people. And this is what they came up with, was the Uluru Statement. Now, just because... I didn't write uh, Sally Morgan in a book doesn't mean that I don't love it. Doesn't mean that I don't love the writing. I had nothing to do with the Uluru Statement, but I've adopted it, I love it. It's a love letter from Aboriginal people to the broader Australian community. It is saying we want to work with you to make everything better for everyone, in particular, Aboriginal people. We want the truth to be told. So that is the history and the genesis of where we have come to. And now, remember that was 2017, and the government at the time was Malcolm Turnbull. His government funded that trip to Uluru. And then when they came back with the Uluru Statement, He said, thank you very much, and he shelved it. He didn't want to do anything with it. It was too much for him. He said, people will never vote yes for a referendum. And then Malcolm Turnbull handed over. He got taken over. He got taken over by Scott Morrison. And again, Scott Morrison didn't want anything to do with the Uluru Statement. So we had an election not so long ago. And one of the platforms that the Labor government stood on was that they would act on the Uluru statement. Now there's three parts to it. And when you look at it, the most sensible part for me is a voice. Because with a voice, we can start the truth-telling and we can navigate the complex road to treaty. But you must start with communication. You must start with a voice. So Anthony Albanese said that he would act on it, and he has done that. He has now called a referendum of the people of Australia to ask, should a voice Parliament be instilled in the Constitution? If you have a look at the ballot paper, that is proposed ballot paper, that's all it's asking people, yes or no, Do you want a voice to Parliament? Have a look at it. It's on the uh, the Voice website, okay? Okay. And that's the question that you're being asked to vote yes or no on. But also on the website, you will see how the Constitution will be changed. Now, all it is doing is instilling a voice, a voice to Parliament. It's not putting me in the Constitution. It's putting a voice
0: in the Constitution. Uncle Bunya Smith will be back after this beautiful song, Five Tribes, with Jambi Band. Tribes with Jambi Band by songwriter Darren Ricks. Darren is a Goonai Kunai man, the nephew of Archie Roach. Warren Saunders, a Gungari elder from west of Toowoomba, is on bass and ditch. Si is playing lead guitar. And that lilting drumbeat is Richard Plug, former drummer for the church band. I'm all ears to hear more from Jambi Band. They're releasing a five track EP soon. And you can find two other tracks written by Warren Saunders, Wallaby Wombat and Lee on Bandcamp. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today on Earth Matters, we're with Walbunja Elder, Uncle Bunja Smith. He says he wants to see a permanent voice to Parliament, so we may be able to close the gap, and asks people to get informed and have a think about it
1: got to do a little bit of uh, research to get to the truth of this matter. Sadly, there's, there's a lot of mischief and, and ugliness happening around uh, encouraging people that this is a bad thing. No, I don't believe it's a bad thing. Um, remember that when you look at it, it is not Aboriginal people being put in the Constitution. It's an Aboriginal voice that will be put in the Constitution. And I think that's a good thing, because as a start, you must have a dialogue. You must have an avenue of communication. That's a voice. So it's a great place to start. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's the step, the right step, in the right direction. Now, it gets a little bit more complex, Rebecca. Rebecca. The voice, while permanent in the constitution, the makeup, the model can always be changed by successive governments because they will have the power of what the voice looks like. But they must have a voice. So, you know, it's caused a lot of consternation and a lot of. Uh, anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of confusion Uh, but the sadness for me is that it's also uh, thrown a spotlight on racism in Australia On Facebook recently there was a post that said uh, first comes the voice, then comes the invoice Um, Hmm. It wasn't so much that comment that worried me it was the comments from the people underneath on Facebook. One of them from a lady said, we should charge them for using our infrastructure. Actually, quote, we should invoice them for using our infrastructure. And then someone replied to her, yes, maybe they will go back and live in bark huts. You know, this is, this is out there. And this is truth. So that's what saddens me, is that it has got down to that level of ugliness. It's a voice to parliament that I believe will be a communication road. And the government of the day does not have to take the voice's advice. It does not have a veto power. So some people are saying, some Aboriginal people are saying, well, it's a white elephant. If They they don't have to take the advice. What's the good of it? Well, I think something is better than nothing. I think a vote for yes is a vote for hope and opportunity, whereas a vote for no just gives me more of the same. So do you want to be in the tent? or you want to be outside the tent throwing rocks at it. The choice is yours. Uh, I'd rather be in the tent and change the system from the inside.
0: Uncle Bunya Smith, I'm so grateful that you've come to talk to me and everybody here at Earth Matters. There's a lot more I could learn and I'm hoping so much to have you and your friends on the show later in the year. Waluwani.
1: Waluwani, Rebecca, and look, thank you so much. And yes, I've actually had a long history with 3CR. Going back to the 80s, I was uh, a student of Koori College in uh, Northcote. We had the radio show on 3CR way back then, the wow. Aboriginal the Aboriginal program, and I was a part of that. Uh, 3CR has a special place in my heart, and uh, I say uh, my respects to the, the Elders and tribes people of the local area, and uh, I thank you for having me on the show. Go well. In my language, Wallamani means safe journey. So Wallamani, all my brothers and sisters out there, take care and care for Mother Earth.
0: The Australian climate movement has thrown its support behind writing yes to The Voice. 43 climate organisations and groups representing a movement of over 2 million Australians who are into healthy climate and thriving environment and are rooted in the values of justice and equality and fairness have signed a public letter supporting Yes to the Voice. These climate groups include Original Power, Australian Conservation Foundation, Oxfam, GetUp, Greenpeace, Environmental Justice Australia, Climate Council, World Wildlife Fund, Australian Parents for Climate Action, Farmers for Climate Action, the Australia Institute, Tipping Point, the Beyond Gas Network and so many other climate groups around the country are supporting the yes vote on October the 14th. I'd like to read you the statement that they recently put out. Australia is home to the oldest continuous culture on earth. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been caring for country for millennia. First Nations people are the first scientists and leaders in nature restoration, land management and climate solutions. We stand together as leaders representing a movement of over 2 million Australians whose commitment to a healthy climate and thriving environment is rooted in the shared values of justice, equality and fairness. Australians are being asked to vote in a referendum to recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution and establish an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. We wholeheartedly support writing yes in this referendum. By writing yes, we support a pathway for meaningful, transformative change. This referendum calls upon us to reflect upon our colonial history and envision a future where First Nations justice, truth-telling and treaty help us move towards a brighter future together. We know what it takes to demand ambitious change and challenge entrenched systems. We lead movements that bravely challenge the status quo. The Australian climate movement has stood up to vested interest groups attempting to impede meaningful action on climate change in this country. These same political culture wars are now attempting to fuel racism and divide us. Our support for writing Yes is based on the fundamental principle that laws and policies are more effective when those who are affected by them have a voice. We firmly believe in demanding substantive change rather than mere symbolism. And we view this referendum as a step in the right direction. History has shown us that previous representative bodies for First Nations people have been dismantled by the government of the day, at will. But by writing yes in the referendum, Australians everywhere can establish a permanent representative body that boldly advocates for the needs and aspirations of First Nations people, recognising and respecting the knowledge, cultures, stories and languages of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples will help us move forward from our past and progress together towards a brighter future. First Nations communities are at the front line of climate impacts in this country. There is no climate justice without First Nations justice. By ensuring that First Nations communities are represented in shaping national policies, we can achieve better health, environment, and climate outcomes. We encourage all Australians to listen with an open heart and mind through this historic moment. Together, we share a vision for the future as a nation that values justice, equality, and fairness for all people. Together, let us write yes. And that is the statement by 43 of Australia's climate groups, some of the largest groups and some of the most effective groups spread right around this country. Find online details about The Voice at voice.gov.au. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's National Environment Justice Programme. I'm Beck Horridge. If you've missed any of today's show, you can find our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is produced on the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send us an email at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or go to our Facebook or Instagram page. I hope you can tune in next time for more Earth Matters. Five Tribes. Here's Five Tribes with Jambi Band.
2: Then five.